Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter Brian Hoke. Brian, you've written about uh, sort of an interesting tension maybe overstating it, but between the results for CC Sabathia and what the Yankees say they're seeing. And it's interesting for a lot of reasons. One, because he's got a 568 ERA and they are preaching optimism, but you look a little deeper and guy does have 15 strikeouts in one walk, uh, which would seem to indicate that that ERA probably comes down at some point. To your eye, what are you seeing when Sabathia pitches? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a swing and miss, which is encouraging. And uh, look, I mean, there was a game yesterday where he he doesn't move very well off the mound. You can tell this is a guy with a lot of miles on his tires. He's he's having some trouble covering bases. He's not backing up bases. This is just stuff that the Yankees understand they're going to have to live with. Um, but when he's on the mound, uh, as I said, the swing and miss stuff, the, the strikeout to walk numbers that you mentioned. That suggests that at some point the luck could turn around. That's what Joe Girardi believes. He, he thinks that there's been some hard-hit balls, but a lot of them have just been ones that fall in. And I guess you, you'd look at the sample size and you say, I guess that's possible. But at the end of the day, everything that he's doing is not stopping runs from coming across home plate. So I don't want to pour a whole lot of sunshine on it and say everything's fantastic because, look, he's got two losses and uh, you know that those are hung on him for a reason. But – Last night, he didn't get a whole lot of run support. Uh, maybe if he had gotten more, uh, he could have been in the game or at least gotten a no decision. Uh, I, I think there's encouraging signs there. Uh, certainly, he does look better than he did last season when he was just getting bombed around the ballpark and giving up home runs. Uh, and the year before that, the home run ball was a problem, too. So he's made it through two starts. Adam Jones is red hot. He hit one out last night. But other than that, he's kept the ball in the yard, and I think uh, that that's probably the most encouraging thing you can say about him. He's also got 12 and two-thirds innings in two April starts, and I think if, if you knew nothing else and you said CeCe's going to average six and a third innings a start this year uh, and that number of starts was 28, 29 or more, the Yankees would probably be pretty happy with that, almost knowing nothing else. I mean, is that you think that's fair to say? Yeah, absolutely, and he's the first Yankee starter this year to get through seven innings, so I, I don't think uh, a lot of people probably would have picked that out of spring training. Look, he had, he had a rough spring. He got beat up, and there was a, a day where he basically said it is one of the only times I've ever heard CC curse in a group setting, and he said, you know, basically, I'll clean it up for him. I don't care about spring results. They don't matter. 
Um, I, I think that he's at the point in his career now where he knows what he needs to do. He's, he's not going to be the 95-mile-an-hour guy. He's working more 88-89. Um, he's got to spot the fastball. As I said, he's got to keep the ball in the yard. He's that kind of pitcher. But the breaking stuff has created some swings and misses. He's, he's been pretty heavy on the slider. The slider has looked good. Um, it, it bites down in the zone. It, it's fooling hitters. It's getting strikeouts. Uh, you know, those are all encouraging things for CeCe. So I think uh, that and the fact that he's healthy and uh, he said there's been no problems with his knee, uh, that, that gives the Yankees some confidence that he can actually be on the mound every fifth day and, and play a big part for them this year. There also seemed to be some, some increased optimism uh, over uh, Masahiro Tanaka's second start. Again, the results were not great, but it seemed like people were pretty pleased. Uh, how did he look to you in his second start? Uh, better, and here's why. Because he, he reared back and he threw the fastball a little bit more. I, I, that first start was kind of curious because he really hadn't pitched that way all spring training. So it, it kind of lent some credence to the fact of what he said that day and that uh, he was game, that was part of the game plan against the Blue Jays and and he just knew the fastball was going to get hit, so he kind of made an in-game adjustment with Brian McCann. Uh, against the Red Sox, more fastballs, uh, attacked the zone a little more. I, I think you would have liked to have seen him. He had a big lead. He had seven runs in the first inning. You would have liked to have seen him challenge hitters a little more. He worked too many deep counts. I, I asked Girardi about that, and he said, well, you, gotta, you want the pitcher to be true to who he is. So um, in, in that way, he was okay with the fact that Tanaka didn't pitch to the scoreboard and kind of just threw some fastballs and hoped that line drives get hit at guys. So uh, they got five innings out of him. You would like to see Tanaka work a little deeper into the game, especially if he's going to be up near 95, 100 pitches. Uh, so that's something to work on the next time out, I think. Let's play another round of ninth-inningology with the Yankees. Uh, you have written that this continues to appear to be um, – appears to have taken shape even if nobody's actually admitting it. Do you think that's a, an accurate way to put it, that um, there pretty much is a ninth-inning guy even if they, they won't actually admit it? I, I think at this point they're keeping the door open to, to allow Dylan Batances to, to come in at some point. They're, they're not telling Batances he, he is not the closer, but every way he's been utilized by uh, Joe Girardi tells you that Andrew Miller is the closer. And, and look, Batances had a, had a shaky spring. That has carried over into the regular season. He, uh, he He's given up some hits. It hasn't been easy for him to get out of those innings. Uh, meanwhile, Miller has just been lights out. He ha has yet to give up a hit, I believe. Uh, he, Miller has made the decision very easy for the Yankees to give him the ball in the ninth inning. Um, I, I think that on days when Miller's not available, last night would have been one of them if it was a safe situation. Uh, Batances would have gotten the call last night. But other than that, uh, there's really no reason right now not to give the ball to Andrew Miller when you need three outs and uh, you're away from shaking hands. The, the other interesting part of that, though, and the thing that I actually found at least as interesting as when Joe Girardi initially said, hey, we might not designate a guy, was he also said, hey, these guys could go four or five outs, and, and we saw that recently. We saw Miller get a save of more than three outs. Do you think that's still on the table um, if they're, even if he's not creative about who finishes the game, do you think the ways in which he uses these two guys might still be a little bit unconventional? Absolutely, and, and this is something that Girardi really likes. He, he does matchups anyway uh, pretty much throughout the game. He was saying, you, you do this all the time with your relievers from the sixth through the eighth, so what, what's the real difference with the ninth? I, I know, obviously, he's had Mariano Rivera and, and Rafael Soriano and David Robertson, and those were his ninth-inning guys, and it was so easy to say, 
three outs away and give the ball to them, especially with Mo. Um, but in this situation, it's kind of a different landscape. It's something that uh, the Yankees are happy to be trying here. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be that way the entire year. But, uh, for example, that the first game in Baltimore, he was hoping to get a few more outs out of Batances. It didn't work out. He got in some trouble. The pitch count got up. So, yeah, you can go to Andrew Miller and get a five-out save. Um, neither one of these guys has ever closed on a regular basis in the big league, so it's not like they have any claim to the role. There's no real ego involved with it. It it is unconventional, but you've got two guys who are proven late-inning relievers who can get out late but have never closed. So you can really do pretty much whatever you want with them. Tell me if I'm nuts here. Um, And and really do tell me if I'm nuts here. Um, (laughs) Girardi has – He's gotten a lot of ribbing. There's been sort of Twitter jokes about the binder. It's my opinion and impression that this guy's actually a really savvy handler of a bullpen. He'll make missteps like anybody, but to my eye, he is one of the more um, thoughtful, sometimes creative, not quite crazy, but I, I think he's a really good handler of a bullpen. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think it's something that he puts a big priority on. Ever since his first year managing with the Yankees, he's been very strict about how to best use a guy and make sure you don't blow guys out. You know, He has a strict rule where he refuses to use a guy three days in a row. I mean, Joe keeps a card in his pocket during games where every pitcher is listed, and some of those guys have red lines marked right through them, and they are absolutely off limits, and I don't think that's unheard of in the game, but he really makes that a, a point. He stresses that point, and you've seen it late in the year where uh, you go into late September and maybe you're fighting for a playoff spot, and, and then maybe you can relax those rules a little bit. But uh, Girardi has said many times that he doesn't want to be responsible for having a guy's career on his hands. Uh, and, you know, people in the Yankee world talk about how uh, for example, Joe Torre blew out Scott Proctor, uh, some of those other guys from, from the mid-2000s. Uh, mid um, you know, there, there are guys where it's just Torre went to the bullpen so, so much, and, and if you pitch a guy into the ground, so be it. Um, they're, they're, that's what they're there for. Guys like Paul Contrell I can think of. Uh, you know, I can throw a bunch of baseball cards from the, uh, the mid-2000s at you. I think that th- that's really something that Girardi has made priority out of, and then the Yankees' bullpen seems to be better for it. Let's do a little bit of overreacting um, because we haven't really done any of that just yet. Um, the number, the line looks pretty good from Mark Teixeira, three home runs early. Um, do you think maybe there's, if not one of those MVP caliber years, one more really good year left in him? Well, he always talks about 30 and 100, and uh, you know he hasn't been able to get there in quite a while. I, I, I don't necessarily think that this is going to be the year, but the Yankees would surely sign up for, I don't know, 25 and 85. I mean, uh, the biggest thing with Teixeira is staying on the field, as we know. Uh, but if you look back at the history of guys who have had similar wrist injuries, and, and I'm thinking of David Ortiz and Jose Bautista most prominently, uh, usually it takes them a full year to come back. And that was that year last year for Teixeira where you're on the field, but there's always the thought that there might be a nagging injury here and, and, and kind of aches and you have to do a lot of maintenance. This should be the year where that wrist is back to normal. Now, that's not saying that some other ailment won't pop up. There's always a hamstring or a calf or something with the share. Um, anything, could, anything could be right around the corner. But as far as that wrist is concerned, he should have that power back. I think it's interesting that all three of his home runs have come from the right side of the plate. Um, you know, you'd like to see him 
turn that on from the left side now, and especially considering where Yankee Stadium, Stadium's dimensions are and, and how he's built for that park. But, uh, no, certainly a good sign. It, it took him until the end of April last year to hit three home runs. He's already got one through seven games, eight games here. So uh, I think the, the Yankees are happy knowing that he's in the order, and they've been talking about how, look, it's not just the home runs. They need a fly ball, a sacrifice fly. Teixeira's a guy who has done that in his career. He can do it. He has done it already this year. You've seen that. So, uh, no, they, he's a guy that pitchers certainly cannot look past in the lineup. Uh, you still have to work around Mark Teixeira. All right. Well, Brian Hope, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.